Howdy. <laughs> Welcome to episode two. I have my first guest. I'm so excited. One of my best friends in Billings. Probably one of my best friends ever. Oh, don't make um, me cry. Lizzie Simon, everybody. Hello. She's clapping for herself. <laughs> Um, so, how can I introduce Lizzie? Um, she's a fellow empath. Uh, both of our dads are otolaryngologists. <laughs> she wrote and sang the intro and outro to this podcast, and she's possibly the biggest Young the Giant fan that exists. <laughs> she's a dog mom to Hazel. She's also, um in the same occupational therapy program that I am, but she's a year ahead, so she's graduating soon. I'm really sad about it. Mm -hmm. I'm bringing her back to Texas. And also, she chose today's beverage. I found a list of beverages specifically for literature, and I can't remember the name of this, but it's a Cosmo based off of One Blue Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Which is the book that we're... Um, that we read. We read it over the past week. Um, Lizzie recommended it to me. I've only seen the movie, so I was really excited when she told me I should read this for the podcast because um, it was a really good book. Mm -hmm. I would say I like the movie better, <laughs> <laughs> but I, probably just because of the order that I yeah. read slash watched them in. Yeah. Just because I knew what was going to happen. You know, there's... I have the same thoughts about Jaws, too. Because I <laughs> Which we've seen together also. Yeah. So, the movie Jaws has a much better ending than the book. So, just don't even read the book. Anyways, let's go back to what we're talking about. Yes. We did not read Jaws. I've never read Jaws. <laughs> Maybe I'll read that in a future podcast. Um, but since this is my first podcast with a guest, um, and I didn't really explain this... Um, on the pilot episode, uh, when we talk about books, I think I, I'm going to try really hard not to give away the ending to anything. So if anybody is listening to this and they think they might want to read this, I don't want to give out too much information. This book was written in 1962 by Ken Kesey. How do you Kesey. say it? Kesey. Um, and he... We looked up a little bit of information on him. Mm -hmm. He went to Stanford, and he uh, took part in some experiments with, like, yeah, hallucinogens he, or something, LSD. Yeah, he took part in some just trials about LSD, and this was during, what, the 60s that he was doing this, the 50s and 60s, so right before they really just blew up in America, I would say, or, like, during about that time whenever they blew up in America, but... Yeah, so around, like, the civil rights movement and right in the middle of when, like, deinstitutionalization was happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. He also worked in a mental health ward, which was kind of his inspiration behind writing this book while at Stanford. So basic plot of the story is from the point of view of Chief Bromden, Chief Bromden is a Native American who has lived on the ward for, like, 15 years, something like that. A long time. Yeah, he's lived there for a super long time, and the entire time he's lived there, um, he has played it off like he's deaf, and he's mute, yep. and he's really dumb, mm -hmm. and everybody just kind of ignores him. Mm -hmm. um, and then it isn't until a new patient comes onto the ward 
um, Randall McMurphy. Everyone just calls him McMurphy. And he's different from all the other patients because he's really quick and witty and, like, super willing to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And he's so like a con man. Yeah. He really likes playing poker and, like, uh, he really likes to analyze people and try to, like, figure them out. Mm-hmm. And so the head nurse on the ward is Nurse Ratchet. We don't like her. No. Nurse Ratchet sucks. <laughs> yeah. She is... Um, Everything that mental health does not stand for. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the whole juxtaposition issue with Nurse Ratchet is evil. And she has so many of her own issues that it brings up the question, like, is she actually sane enough to be mm-hmm. telling all of these, um, quote-unquote, mentally insane people what to do, when to take their medication, yeah, deciding what treatments they get and when and why. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, like, the basic plot. It's mostly McMurphy, new patient, and, like, his kind of, like... Interactions. Yeah, his interaction, like, his personal battle with Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. And what's really interesting about it is that Chief Bromden, as this book is from his point of view... He is suffering his own mental illness, well, like with his own mental illnesses, and so you never know really throughout the story, almost like what's real, what's exaggerated, because he has um, hallucinations throughout the whole book. Yeah, yeah. He he talks a lot about um, this fog that he sees, mm-hmm. and it took me as a reader a really long time to understand that the fog was not real. Yeah, I thought. Um, like, the nurses were actually fogging the patients because of the way he talked about it. He was like, the fog was coming into my room. Wow. And I feel like I should have realized. Um, (laughs) Something else that was stated in the book was that most of the patients are there voluntarily, which also adds to the part of kind of, like, with what Kira was saying, are these patients, like, they, they seem to be well, but... Maybe they're not actually well, but they're there voluntarily. So there's this whole perspective of where the patients are mentally and emotionally. Yeah. They um, talk about Nurse Ratchet as this person who has so much power over them. Mm -hmm. And they're scared of her. And McMurphy brings up these questions to them where he says, like, what power does she really have over you? Like, you're here voluntarily. What can she do? Mm -hmm. And they all are kind of just, like, manipulated into thinking that they're there to get help. And Nurse Ratchet, um, the way she's described in the book is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Because physically, like, the author talks so much about, like, her physical characteristics. She has blonde hair, uh, blue eyes, like, red lipstick. Mm -hmm. Um, Even talks about, like, how big her boobs are, like... Mm-hmm. five different places in the book. <laughs> wasn't he a college man when he wrote this <laughs> <laughs> which brings up a whole nother thing that I was like kind of picking up when I was reading this I was wondering if this book like it's like so much of it is about breaking stigma yeah within mental health mm-hmm. and um I feel like it really sets the feminist movement back. <laughs> like, a little bit. A it little bit. really stigmatizes women and, like, 
every single female character is described for their physical characteristics and almost nothing else. Yeah, that's true. And, like, every time they're described, they're described for, like, whatever role they had in affecting whatever other male character. Yeah, so kind of to add to what Kira's saying, it's almost like he's relating their body characteristics to a manipulating mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So it that's why it's like adding to stigma because he's saying she looks this way, mm-hmm. hence she is going to act this way. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing with like female politicians where like they're expected to smile and be pretty and like mm-hmm. they're constantly put down for like any negative thing that they say where men can do whatever they want. I feel like putting um, Nurse Ratchet in this position where she's, like, in charge of all of these men and she does it so poorly, mm-hmm. I feel like that adds to the stigma that women do not know how to... Yeah. That, you know, run things. Yeah, and they don't know how to be leaders. Um, so yeah. as much as I love this book, that definitely, like, rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I actually didn't pick up on that at all. Really? Um, yeah, I kind of picked up more on the fact that from the outside looking in, she just seems like, she seems like a very confident woman. Yeah. And she seems like she knows her way around things and that she does demand respect. However, mm-hmm. going behind the scenes, the more you look into her, like the more you learn about her and see her from Chief Bromden's perspective, she manipulates the heck out of you. And she is just conniving evil. Which brings up an interesting transition, the new show on Netflix, Ratchet. Oh, which yeah. We didn't even know the show was coming out when we chose this book, but now it's so relevant that we have to bring it up. We only watched the first two, two. episodes. Yeah, two. And it was good. It's so I, good. It was... It, it really makes you think a lot about her character mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Um, the things that they chose to change about her and the things they chose to keep the same. Yeah. Um, Sarah Paulson does a really good job and it's from the same, yeah, it's from the same creators of American Horror Story. So if you're interested in American Horror Story and you like Sarah Paulson. Yeah, lots of the same cast. Yeah, a lot of the same cast and the music's really good too. Like whenever we were watching it together, I feel like I commented on the music at least five times. (laughs) Within the first uh, two minutes of the first episode, we won't tell you what happens, but we were screaming. <laughs> like, most of it, the first two episodes were not, <laughs> they weren't, like, jump scare. But prepare to jump, like, right when you turn it on, and then you'll be fine for a while. Yeah. So. So what stuck out to you in the book? Well. Like, favorite characters, favorite scenes? I loved... How, so I'm going to mention something that I really like first, and then I'm going to kind of like go into something else. So I really like how McMurphy came in and used his bubbly personalities to start bringing life back into these group of men. Like, mm-hmm. I just love that. Like, um, from an occupational therapy perspective, like it just made me so happy. Mm-hmm. But then also from an occupational therapy perspective, I was so sad with this book because Um, currently I'm in the mental health unit of our course Mm -hmm. and we were literally just learning about groups. 
yeah. and mental health. And basically what a lot of the scenes are about in this book are the group interactions. Mm-hmm. And so from, they even mentioned OT a few times, yeah. which is super exciting <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> but like how Nurse Ratchet went about the group sessions, it just like made me want to punch her face. And mm-hmm. um, not client centered at all. <laughs> no, definitely like another reason as to why she was manipulating them. Like, for for example, in one of the group interactions, she was exploiting this man's sexual desires Mm. and just she not only did she like she had the group talk about it and she had the group go around and talk about all basically like almost like all the sins that they had done that weren't necessarily reasons that they would need to be in a mental health facility she wanted (laughs) to just like really take their manhood away from them and take who they are away from them Maybe something happened, and like this is where you can start thinking about well, what happened in her life? Maybe she grew up in an abusive home, maybe she grew up with a father who was abusive, and she's always been in abusive relationships, or maybe she just had a really bad interaction with the man. And mm-hmm. she's like, No, I hate men, I am going to just stomp them and you know, control them. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that we haven't gotten further into the new series because I'm expecting them to go into that mm-hmm. since it's so focused on her. Yeah. And, like, they already introduced that new character that she has some type of history with. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, how they explain her issues. Yeah. Yeah. The whole book, from a healthcare perspective, is highly unethical. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, extremely unethical. Um, and that's probably another reason why he wrote the book. Like, I wonder how many unethical things Ken Kesey saw in these mental health facilities that he worked at. How do you feel about Jack Nicholson playing McMurphy? I love Jack Nicholson playing McMurphy. Like, I, what, when was the movie made? Like, in the 80s? Probably. Yeah, and so I feel like for that time, yeah, Jack Nicholson was the perfect actor for it. I think every single character that they picked out was so perfect like even like every single patient that they described like I love Cheswick I think he's so funny and I do not like Danny DeVito like I've told Lizzie this before I will not watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia or whatever that show is she's missing out because he creeps me out so bad but in this movie he's so charming and sweet and in the book he's the exact same way yeah but um yeah, I brought that up because one of my customers, I was telling him that I was reading this the other day, and he was like, did you know that Ken Kesey, or Kes- I still can't say his name. I'm pretty sure it's Kesey. Kesey. That's what the internet says. <laughs> he was like, did you know that Ken Kesey was, like, not at all happy with the way that that movie was? Really? Yeah, he didn't like the cast. He didn't want Jack Nicholson to play him. Who did he want to play? Oh, he told me. I'm sure you could look it up. I don't remember who he said. Yeah. And just... You should definitely read it. If you don't read it, you should watch it. But it's a pretty quick read. I would recommend reading it before watching it, for sure. Because reading it, you just get this different point of view Mm -hmm. than you would with watching it. Just like with any book and movie, right? Except for Jaws. (laughs) How's your Cosmo? It's almost gone. I appreciate the cranberry. We've never had Cosmos before, so we're trying something new. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I thought it was really smart of Ken Kesey to make Chief Bromden this character who um, acted like he was deaf and blind because he acted like a narrator. Mm-hmm. Where it was almost like he could give an explanation of every other character's perspective yeah, without being, it. what is it, like a third person? Like omniscient? Omniscient. I don't know. Like that he's he's all-knowing, like he knows yeah. everything, but he's like not... I thought it was so smart of him to yeah. write that way because um, there's like scenes where Chief Bromden goes into like the meeting room and like nurse ratchet lets him into the meeting and he's like sweeping Mm -hmm. and he's like hearing all of these secrets and Mm -hmm. like hearing about nurse ratchet's plans for dealing with mcmurphy and i just thought that was such a smart angle yeah from the author because like i've never written anything Mm -hmm. besides just like stuff for fun but i always want to be like that omniscient narrator that knows everything and can explain how every single character is feeling Mm -hmm. because I think character development is so important but it's so hard to do that like without really acting as like one character with one voice yeah because I think it's really important that the main character has their own voice Mm -hmm. well then if you do that yeah that's that's hard though I don't want to yeah just act like they're taking away their sins. Just rewrite One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> One, another thing that I wanted to mention too, and this is regarding Ratchet again, just because I'm so intrigued by her character. And, the show or the person? Oh, the person. Um, whenever McMurphy first came into the facility, do you remember how she was intentionally calling him a different name? Yeah. That really grinded my gears. What did she call him? McMurray. McMurray. And yeah. you know what? You know what, you guys? I'm just going to let you know right now, he was being the bigger person. He completely ignored it the whole time. And it wasn't, it wasn't until the doctor... By the way, there's a doctor in this book. Mm-hmm. There is, but... The nurse is making the calls, and she's calling the sh- she's calling the shots. But mm-hmm. the doctor called him the wrong name, and McMurphy only corrected him and not the nurse. So it's almost like he saw right through Nurse Ratchet, mm-hmm. right as he entered those doors, which shows you, which goes back to what you were saying about how observant he really is. Yeah, he has like super high emotional intelligence, and like his capacity to read people. Yeah, is like. Super extreme. More than most people I know in normal life. And I think that is kind of like the whole intention behind his character. To show like this person is very high functioning. And some of the things that happened to him should not have happened to him. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Mic drop. (laughs) Is there anything else that really spoke to you about this book? Um, Well, whenever Kira asked me, I'm not much of a reader. I'm trying to get more into reading. Currently on the fourth, no, the fifth book of Harry Potter. Um, but uh, when Kira asked me uh, if I wanted to be on her podcast and read a book, my mind like seriously went to immediately one flew over a cuckoo's nest just because of how unique I felt that the book was. And it was very impactful. I, like just um, from a health professional point of view and mm-hmm. from a person who wants to love other people. 
from that point of view and kind of knowing how to interact with others. And like, I was literally feeling like I was feeling how they were, how these men were feeling throughout the book. Mm -hmm. I was even feeling how nurse Ratched was feeling throughout the book. Yeah. And like, it just, I had a connection with them more than I had a connection with other characters in other books. And it was like all of them too. Oh, I love, I love that you said that because I feel the same way. And that was a really good way to end this podcast. But thanks for all the support so far. Um, Let me know if we've like inspired you to read a book because that's the whole point. We want to inspire you to read. Yeah. And let me know how you feel about Lizzie as a guest because maybe I'll let her like become a regular. I'll just fly to Texas. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, because I'm sure this is going to get a lot of viewers, and then people are going to start funding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could start a donation part. Hey, oh, did yeah. I ever tell you that I was on a podcast before? That I've been on a yeah, podcast? Yeah, you have told me that. Yeah, so we. I have a friend named Brian, Brain for short, <laughs> and um, Tim came up and visited me. I was so appreciative of that. He's like one of the... We he, love Brian. We love Brian. I got to hang out with Brian, too. He's <laughs> yeah. a good egg. He is a good egg. <laughs> I, I would tell him, like, Brian, you look like David Cross, the guy from Arrested Development. He'd be like, nah, man, no, nah, I don't. <laughs> and, then, and then Kira met him, and she was like, I don't think you look like David Cross. And then one day, but she's like, but you do sound like somebody. He's like, you sound like that one guy from year one. <laughs> and and I, then we looked it up, and it was the same guy. It was David Cross. I just didn't realize <laughs> Trip. Oh, other than the fact that I had a flat tire and I wouldn't let him oh. change it for me. Wow. We've had some good time. Yeah. Don't move to Texas, Lizzie. I am going to. All right. Well, uh, I made our drinks super strong. That's probably how we're getting off topic. So we should probably go and tune in next week. I have um, my next two episodes are already lined up, so... Expect good content. Probably won't be as, um, I don't know how to describe me and Lizzie together. Well, I feel like we've adopted each other's laughing style. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't that tell me. Mean? I definitely have noticed a change in my laugh from hanging out with you. <laughs> How did you used to laugh? It depends. Well, what's well, different sometimes about Sometimes I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Is that like me? No, I said oh. sometimes I'm like that, but then the more I've hung out with you, the more hoarse my laugh has gotten. It's more like, it's more like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Do, like, that. do you hear how her laugh is like one of those? It's like a mute laugh where she's like, <sighs> <laughs> I've started doing that. Hmm. Well, at least you'll have a part of me forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to get off of this. Forever, forever young. I wanna be forever young. Oh. All right, we're gonna. I'm gonna just. I'm, I'm just going to leave you with uh, the outro by <laughs> Lizzie Simon. The woman. Yours truly. The myth. The legend. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this saying. 
listen to Lizzie and all your dreams will come true, as noted by my seventh grade email signature. <laughs> Lizzie. <laughs>